0: Generations of superheroes, packaged, and all sorts of undefined chaos that's consumed all realm. We are watchers of the multiverse. Georges.
1: Alright, what's going on guys? Jared here.
0: Gabe and Anthony.
1: And today we have one of Anthony's personal favorites, Judas Contract, written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by jo- George Perez. And...
0: and Marv Wolfman, uh, for those of you who don't know, is essentially a god when it comes to comics A
1: god he he created
0: uh deathstroke tara markov which of course this story centers around nightwing i believe he created jericho he created uh, co-creator of cyborg raven starfire tim drake rose wilson uh, nova black cat if we want to go over on the marvel side of things and he's just he's incredible he's still writing now I think he just came out with a Marvel What If Dark series uh, for Tomb of Dracula, because he wrote the original Tomb of Dracula I heard about that, yes. So he did the new issue, or he's doing the new series or whatever. I don't know if it's a one-shot or what it is, but he's doing that now. Like, he's still in the game, and he's one of the, uh, the writers, or he's the writer for Crisis on Infinite Earths. So if you watch the CW crossover event, he was, he had a cameo. The one scene I think he's like on a pier or whatever and uh, Barry and, and Supergirl meet up with him and he wants to get like a selfie with them. And that's Marv Wolfman. That's the
1: guy who created all of that. That is awesome that they put him in there. And oh, that entire few what is what was what was it, four or five episodes? That they did of the six, really? Over
0: every, I think they did. Yeah, it was a lot,
1: and they brought a lot of people into it. And the fact that they were able to bring him into it is awesome.
0: Well, then you got George Perez, whose artwork is just absolutely incredible. Um, One of the big things that I remember him doing was Wonder Woman, but his work can be found anywhere and everywhere. I think he actually did, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the Justice League and Avengers crossover. He did the artwork for that series. So if you've ever read that, which I highly recommend, Justice League okay. Avengers crossover is one of the best uh, Marvel DC crossovers that I've read. And he, if I remember correctly, did all the
1: artwork. For I got to get into those kind of <laughs> comics. You you
0: have to. The, the crossovers are the best. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking about the new Teen Titans Judas Contract. And as Jared said, it's one of my favorite stories... Uh, ever. It's, he came it's, out
1: here all night winged out, guys. I'm well, talking. And here,
0: yes, and the thing is, with The Judas Contract, is even if you've never read the series, if you're a DC fan, you know the story. Even if you're not a comics fan. If you watched the Teen Titans TV show growing up, if you watched Young Justice, if you watched Titans, if you saw the Judas Contract movie, like I mean, obviously that, it's in the name, but it's all... Influenced this by is this so story.
1: There's so much that branches off of this One specific story And it's not even much It's like six, seven issues But it had such a big impact On the rest of time And I love when stuff like this happens
0: Absolutely What are your
2: thoughts, Gabe? I really enjoyed it um, This was my first time reading it Okay, this was my my second time through with this series. Okay. I watched, like we talked about earlier, I watched the 2019 animated movie of it when it came out, so I knew the story. Um, Yeah, it was a great twist. I like how you got the origin on Nightwing. Um, I didn't know that, so that was really interesting to read for me.
0: Well, that was something that I always wanted to read. Before I read the story, I always wanted to read it because I'd always heard that this is the origin of Nightwing. Right, like this was the creation of the the character of Nightwing, um, you know Dick Grayson's essentially his final evolution from the Robin years to to Nightwing. But okay.
1: can can we just establish the mere fact that as Kid Flash was resigning from the Titans and saying his like final goodbyes, Dick just comes in like a dick. And kind of just says, you know what? I'm not gonna be Robin anymore, but I'm gonna stay. Don't worry. And steals all of the thunder. It's, and in the middle of that, Kid Flash says something about it. It's really funny that you said that because that
0: was exactly what I was going to to mention right then. You guys, I'm killing my alter ego. <laughs> it, I mean, and and Wally's just like, yeah, you know, I'm getting slower. You know, I'm I'm retiring as Kid Flash. I'm not gonna be a superhero anymore. You know, I'm going to go live my life. And like, oh my god, Wally, oh my god. Like, that's so sad. Tara's like, you know, you're the only other outsider like me. Like, that's so upsetting, blah, blah, blah. And Dick's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not Robin anymore.
1: Um, And then he strips in in the, the middle <laughs> of Titan's Tower. And Tara is so creepy.
0: Tara's an interesting character. Tara, Tara Markov is a fascinating character and it is. The, the story in the comic...
1: Well, she's a clear sociopath.
0: Oh, uh, Absolutely, and, and Destro calls her on that. And I guess to, to back it up, so the main point of this story is you find out that over the span of a year, uh, Tara, I think, was introduced in Teen Titans, uh, or the New Teen Titans number 20, 26, I believe. And so this ends with Teen Titans, or New Teen Titans annual number one, um... I think it's number one. And then right before that, it's issue number 44. So Tara was in the comics for almost 20 issues. uh, More if you count any of the annuals or whatever. And they say it's a span of a year that she's undercover. And then you find out that she's just been a spy this whole time for, for Slade. And watching the Teen Titans show growing up and seeing that story play out, not knowing anything about the comic, not knowing anything about the characters beyond watching them in the show, Mm -hmm. that was one of the first times that I felt like betrayal from a show. She's like, what do you mean? Tara's a traitor? Like, what? What?" Like, that show gave me trust issues. Tara Markov (laughs) gave me trust issues. uh, And if she weren't dead in the comics, I would be suing her right now for emotional uh, distraught and whatever else I can legally do. She's a princess. I can get some money out of her.
1: Well, I, I love that... In the Teen Time show, it is the only one that Tara has a similar love interest with Beast Boy. Like, she brings him away from the tower in that show while Slade attacks. Everything else, they have that one kissing scene at the lake. And What's fascinating is,
0: is that the, the movie, when they show that kissing scene, it's Beast Boy kissing Tara. Right. right. He makes the move on her. But in the comic... In the comic, she makes the move on him and then is like, oh yeah, no, it was all part... That of was it. all part of my plan. It was all part of my plan. Like, it's just... And the the night and day characterizations of Terra uh, between, you know, this spunky teen superhero to then the flip side when you see her with Deathstroke and she's got you know, the makeup on, she's smoking the cigarette she's in like lingerie and whatever else I mean the idea that she's like yeah, like she's going through almost like the rebellion phase I guess
1: she's going through a stage of a teenager exactly. that we all went through
0: which is that did you wear makeup and dress in lingerie Jared not like that but I was rebellious well, and he's lying that's what I figured um, <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway like the fact that you know, you see this change in Tara between the way that she's initially shown. And, and one of my favorite things that, I don't know if this was how it was done in the script for the comic or if it was just how Perez drew it. But the first issues when you see, like, the panels where it's her contact lens video. Right i loved
1: that i was just about to say i loved the artistry that they did with that now going into this comic when i first opened it i'm not gonna lie i was like "Ugh," because i'm not a big fan of the old school art style but reading it i was just glued to it by the story and all of that and it the story made me love it
0: there's certain stories from this era this was wait one second i think this was made in the 80s if i'm not mistaken uh, this would have been 1988 was when was when this comic was first published. Okay. And when you read comics from the 80s, sometimes the artwork can pull you away from it. We talked about it, uh, I don't know if we've would have released the episode yet, but when we were talking about um, absolute carnage, and we were talking about the ep- the, uh, the panels in Symbiote Spider-Man, okay where you have like the flashbacks to when Peter, loses the symbiote right and it attaches to the the judge and like those panels are all done in like the 80s style
1: right because that's
0: the way it's supposed to be done or that's the way that it was when that comic was coming out and it's always fascinating to see that in modern comics when they decide to do that i thought that was cool as shit when they did that with absolute Carnage. right but then when you go back and, and that's only a few panels that they do right when you're going back and reading entire issues like that If you're not used to that art style, it can be a second to adjust to it. Um,
1: And that's exactly what it was. It took me a couple pages, but it's a great story, and I'm so happy that you recommended it. I read a little bit of it back in the day, just the part where Robin became Nightwing, because I was curious. Issue
0: 44, I believe. I've read Issue 44, I think, a dozen times. Okay. I I own at least one physical copy of just the individual issue. Um and then of course I have the the trade itself as well. But I just love the transition of Dick into Nightwing. Well
1: Nightwings like your guy. Oh yeah.
0: I've always been a fan of Dick Grayson. I've always been a fan of Nightwing. Um I have you were you were counting them out, but I have what? Again? 7 Seven different Nightwing figures uh, here on the table in front of us.
1: I have one. I have one. (laughs) I have one at home. (laughs) It's the the same one as mine. Shut the fuck up.
0: But I just... I don't know what it is about the character. I've just always felt attached to Dick Grayson. And... We... Shut up. And like we I, i've talked about it to you guys before off the off the podcast but i love the idea of the sidekick becoming their own character or like almost like the i mean you guys rag on me about loving side characters but like i love the idea of this character who becomes a character in their own and dick says it in the what's it issue 39 when he decides not to be robin anymore he's like when i'm robin i'm always the back half of batman and yeah i need to be my own person and then we have like the good chunk of this story is him being like i'm just me i'm just the guy behind the behind the scenes like i'm not any like i'm not he's a just the
1: charismatic distraction
0: that's what it is and but even at that point like he's not in the field anymore like he takes the full step back and I thought that was interesting because then you have Wonder Girl having the spotlight.
1: You have her being the, the leader of the team at the yep. time. Um and I, I, I also I also want to say for the record, Batman already has another Robin at this point. At this point I think
0: Jason's already. Jason, Jason is already Robin. There, yeah.
1: So there are two Robins. I wish they kinda of incorporated that a little bit. They brought Jason Todd. Like kinda of like they did in Titans, not that I think Jason gets
0: brought in after the fact. Okay. I think he has some kind of introduction or works with the team later on. Um I guess it if this came out in eighty eight it can't be that much later because
1: When was Death Death and the the Family family,
0: Death in the Family was I want to say like eighty nine.
1: Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't it couldn't have been that far after It wasn't in the nineties, I know that for a fact. I think was Well and Dick was Nightwing during that. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, either way. But one of the things that I I found interesting with the comic was the inclusion of Brother Blood for the short period of time that you see him. Okay. Um, And I, I said this off the air before, but you have... Like, Brother Blood is meant to be this religious leader, and it's the separation of church and state. So he is you know, the leader of their church, he's the leader of their religion, and he's fighting with the president. And, or the way that he has it is the president's fighting with him. He's just a peaceful peaceful religious man and the big bad president wants to rule the world. Meanwhile, he dresses like a super villain for, for a TV, bone mask. With a bone mask, TV interview. <laughs> and he you know, it's this idea that like he shows up with the mask on and everything to do this TV appearance.
1: He's a he could have done guy. it without... Like, if
0: you, watch the, if you watch the movie, he's got no mask on during his TV interview. He just looks like a regular guy. He's got bags under his eyes, but he just looks like a regular guy. He looks creepy. A, a, a lot of people on TV look creepy. But in this, he is just a straight-up-looking supervillain. And, I mean, yeah, like, they have, you know, with the interview, they have the Titans on there, too... And they're all in costume, obviously, but
1: like... Well, I mean, Wonder Girl and Corey even say why does the, Why are the audience looking like that? There's no way that they're like actually... I feel... And even in the Titans show with Brother Blood, where I do want to go into that after this, but in the Titans show, Brother Blood did a kind of hypnosis thing with an amp. And I'm curious if something like that happened way back when, or I'm not sure. I mean, that, that in and of itself
0: with an app obviously couldn't have happened at this time. Because it's the right, right, but years. something like that. But it's, they write it off that he's just very charismatic and he's a very personable guy. Again, despite the fact he's looking like a supervillain. Right. But the way that he talks, you have somebody who may to some people look like a supervillain or look like you know he shouldn't be on TV saying all this stuff. And yet, people are still going to follow him based on what he said. Right. You know what I mean. And so it's really interesting to see. And they they go into and it it went over in my head. I think the first time that I read this, but you see, the very first issue of this, which is issue thirty nine, the Titans are taking down this <clears throat> excuse me this brother blood installation and was like oh my god look at all these signs for these politicians they must be working for brother blood we have to we have to out them as like you know his followers or whatever right and lo and behold this is just blood's plan the whole time <laughs> and he's like yeah all right they're out so let's put in the people who are actually my followers and now i own your country like yep. it's the the i miss stories where you have this maniacal thinking you have like this cleverness. I feel like you don't see that. This that often. master
1: plan that ev- where everything just falls into place. Exactly. I feel
0: like you don't see that that often in modern comics. And maybe I'm just not reading modern comics that are like that. There's but not many. You don't see where it's like it's clever. Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: mean? Now I going going back into the Titan show. Um, spoilers for those that have not seen it. But I definitely feel that um, they kind of went reverse on the last two seasons. Because how many seasons were there? Four? I think there was four. Four, yeah. Season three was Judas Contract. Mm -hmm. And then season four was Brother Blood. I feel that they definitely should have flipped it. To get a little bit more no, comic no, wait, accuracy. Wait, wait. Was in,
0: I think season two was Judas Contract. Three was the Scarecrow thing.
1: You're absolutely right. Three was yep. Death and the Family. Yep, yep, and you're then absolutely right. And four was Brother Blood. Yeah, they definitely should have flipped those seasons a little bit and ended it with Scarecrow and Jason.
0: When I think they, the way... Because I only saw up to, I think, halfway through season three of uh, Titans... So first of all, when they introduced Jericho, and I'm gonna now flip this just to talk about Jericho because I, I That's fucking, fine, it's the name I of the fucking, podcast. I love that curly haired man. He's just fantastic. Um of course the the version in the the show looks different than the the comic counterpart. But he still did an amazing when job. When they announced that Jericho was gonna be in that, I was like, alright, I gotta watch this. I I mean I was already watching it, but Jericho, for those listeners who don't know who he is, he is one of the sons of Slade Wilson, uh, who, at a young age, when Slade first became Deathstroke the Terminator, was kidnapped by the Jackal. Uh, Not the same Jackal who is in Marvel Comics, who loves cloning people, and created Ben Reilly. Uh, Love you, my sad clone boy. Um, But he, the Jackal in DC, is a mercenary kidnaps uh, Joseph Wilson, holds him hostage, and tells Slade, tell me who you're working for, or I'm going to kill your kid. And Slade goes, fuck you, I'm a professional, I'm not doing that. Slade goes to kill the jackal, or one of the jackal's men. Uh, the dude, when he gets shot or hit or whatever, the knife still kind of hits uh, Joseph's throat, and severs Joseph's vocal so now Joseph cannot speak he's mute um, throughout during DC Rebirth they give him almost like a, a not a voice modulator but kind of like one of those things that you see for people who were smoking
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know the ones where they kind of like, can it's, like it's like a robotic voice it's a robotic kind of voice so they kind of give him that that way he can speak throughout uh, during the, the Deathstroke Rebirth series
1: Jericho is an amazing character, and I love what they did with him in the show. I, I was saying Anthony to Anthony off mic. I feel like they really overpowered him in the show because in the comic, he when he possessed people, he could only control their movements. He could not control how what they said. Uh, the person that he was controlling had full access of their voice. They could yell out for help if they wanted to, unless they were unconscious. Then Jericho had full, complete control, and that's how it was in the Titan show. But all the time, Jericho had that complete control.
0: Now I'm wondering because I, after Judas' contract, Jericho's
1: a character.
0: You know, he's a member of the team, and then he dies at one point, which I believe was at the hands of Slade Wilson. He does uh, when he transfers. He they use the phrase contact when he makes eye contact, then he can take over the body. He, when he dies, and I need to find the issue where he dies, he takes control of Slade, or he does contact, so he's buried in Slade's subconscious. 10, 20 years later, whatever the case may be, during the Teen Titans 2003 or 2006 comic series, uh, Slade hunts down the, the Teen Titans. This is when Tim Drake is running the team, and you find out That Jericho has been in Slate Subconscious this whole time.
1: That was the Lazarus Contract? No, it was
0: even before that. Oh, wow, okay. So Lazarus Contract was during uh, DC Rebirth. This is before that. This is the era between Judas Contract and Rebirth. Okay. Or, yes, Judas Contract and New 52. So it was during that chunk of 20 years or whatever before uh, New 52 happens. I've read that entire teen titans series. oh i'm sure from beginning to end i own the whole thing uh that was also where you first got the introduction of static shock into the dc universe um you get so many other amazing characters i think jeff johns actually was one of the writers on the series at the time and i mean jeff johns has written a lot of other things not just that teen Titans series um most people now know him for the justice league series for the new 52 He had a long stint on The Flash, on Green Lantern. Um, We mentioned it during our Comic-Con podcast. He's doing uh, Ghost Machine
1: now, um, or at some point next year. Uh, And also in our Comic-Con episode, we brought up the fact that at the con, we had learned that Jeff Johns was leaving DC and moving on to do his own stuff.
0: Ghost Machine, which I just
1: yeah i know but he's leaving Wait,
0: well, yeah he's leaving dc they uh they just signed on another writer i can't remember who it is at the moment but there's a lot of people who are just like yeah we want to do our own thing because they're not i mean they don't get residuals for these characters and for these writings that you would th- like they don't get paid the way they used to and so now like wanting to go creating these characters and, and getting the recognition for
1: them it's important, you know? I feel like I'm very scared about how that's going to affect comics. It could go one of two ways. It could go really downhill for plot-wise of what we have, or it could bring in a lot of new people and a lot of new here's good stuff.
0: Here's my thought with that. We could get a lot... I mean, there's a lot of young blood that's coming into uh, the comics game now. Uh, And so for some of these guys... I mean, Johns has been working in the industry for
1: A while.
0: So, I mean, he wrote uh, Avengers for a while, too. Mm -hmm. Like, way back in, like, uh, pre-House of M, he was writing Avengers. And so, like, Johns has been in the game, so to have him kind of step back from one of the big two and going to do his own thing, I think if the big two i think it's mainly dc that's that's losing people now which might be saying something about dc um but if they leave that might weaken the content we're getting from dc but it's going to strengthen the market for indie comics you know what i mean
1: because all of those the writers that we know and we love they're moving on to do their own stuff and we want to continue following their stories and what they have to give
0: just like dick grayson in this very uh story that we're there were words that we're speaking about uh where he everybody knew him as robin he was robin for years and now he's moving on to nightwing that way jason todd can step in and get hit by a crowbar and whatever and then <laughs> and jeff johns
1: is stepping <sighs> out of the shadow of dc and moving on to ghost machine and i'm really excited for it uh anthony and i we got big ass posters to go with the comic and... i
0: also bought one of every new issue that they already had printed yes you did. and you bought me one <laughs> no that well i think that was I got that because I bought all those. that was technically free. (laughs) But still. It's the thought that matters. That's
1: true. Get the W, man.
0: That's true. I'm going to loan you uh, my copy of Geiger, I think. Because I have the trade. And then they reprinted it under Ghost Machine. Okay. Um, Because that's a good one. But going back to talking about the, the Judas Contract and the Teen Titans. And I was talking before we got talking about jeff johns and everything i was talking about how in that teen Titans series you see jericho come back and how he's in you know deathstroke's mind and everything and i recently went back and looked at the teen titans comics like the story arcs from that time this is like 2003 or 2006 and i was like how long was jericho in that story because i remember him from the initial onset where it turned out he was in deathstroke's head and then i could not remember what dc did with him after that right
1: point. you mentioned that
0: so what happens is, is afterwards he leaves deathstroke dies but doesn't actually die because nobody dies in comics no uh says. part of him is in i think cyborg now and then they upload him into the titans ai and then oh, wow. raven he's like the the ai for the the team for a bit and then raven does some dark magic apparently influenced by brother blood i think which again ties into the story anyway uh and gives jericho his body back
2: you know who he reminds me of who's that Thane.
0: i could kind of see that but explain
2: just the daddy issues and the just the background story in general and how you don't get as much of him as you would have liked.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Did they need to do more with Thane anyway. I think I have a
1: couple of like odd appearances of him.
0: I love what Hickman did with him.
1: Yeah. In Infinity. Now, team setup and story wise, mm-hmm. what which one do you guys prefer more? The comic or the movie? Or hell, even the Titan show, asking you Anthony.
0: I think I think I like the comic lineup the best. I okay. agree. Okay. The movie Well which before I before I give my reasoning, which did you like better?
1: I enjoyed the Titan show the best probably. Okay. I love they had almost a very, very similar team setup. They had a lot more background with the relationship with Slade and the contract and everything. They really went into it. That got pretty close to comics, but also attached to my love for film. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got the best of both with that after reading the comic. I feel like it just makes me appreciate it even more.
0: I think for me, I prefer the comic version... Because it, I don't know why it felt a lot more. Co- I to take a step back. I preferred the team in the comics more than the team in any of the other media I've seen. Because you have Wonder Girl, which is great in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like she was kind of underutilized in this, which was a shame. So, yes. but I just I love seeing yes. her pop up. I'm, I'm, so I'm happy sure. That you
2: said that. I'm sure there's no surprise on my end, but I, I loved Wonder Girl. Oh, man, I'm, in sh- this. I'm
0: sure. Donna Troy is the best. Remind me to give you the issue where she dies.
2: Uh, anyway.
0: I can't wow. tell you guys how many times
2: he's said that to me about freaking characters.
0: Here's also a reminder to our listeners. I do have a Death of Superheroes Instagram page if you want to see how your favorite character's done.
2: He's spoiled, in the beginning of our friendship, he spoiled, like, three deaths for me, and I was like, I'm never talking to this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. That's
0: favorite segue. It's like, oh, your, your favorite character is Spider-Man? Remind me to show you the issue of House of M where you see him hanging. Uh, like well, I just Yeah, yeah, him. yeah, that's the one part of House of M I do not want to <laughs> talk about. <laughs> you love Ted Kord? Let me give you the issue where Max, uh, Max Lord shoots him in the head. Anyway. Um...
2: Back to DC. Um, it's still DC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love you, Ted really, cord-
1: Anyway, on, on that back note, assholes, <laughs> I, wanna, I, I really want to talk about how much Wonder Girl was downgraded in this series. Was, was this just a point where she wasn't as, or she hasn't come as far as, as we've seen her recently, is well, I mean, a there is that where she's just
0: there is that. I mean, you gotta figure one. This came out in the eighties, and so the the power scaling, the power grading back then, as opposed to now, is vastly different.
1: We also didn't get much action with her. That's true. We did not get much action. We had, I think a honestly lot the photography
0: the most action we really saw with her might have been when she was uh, training. training with Corey. Uh, and I. And love... she got her ass whooped. <laughs> well, yeah. Who's gonna beat Corey? That's true. So
1: I guess that kind of. Although
0: I will, I'm gonna get smacked for this comment, but uh, I will say I do agree with Gar that you know maybe some mud wrestling wouldn't have been too bad.
2: Emily's gonna kill you. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Maybe we should edit that part. <laughs> 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 now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it,
1: um, talking about Gar though. If
0: I'm never on any future episodes, this is this is why this is what this is what killed me. This is how I died. <laughs> anyway, sorry, you were talking about Gar. Uh, the
1: name change. The name change. Gar. Uh, Beast Boy. He's not Beast Boy in this. He's the he was player.
0: originally the Changeling. Beast Boy was a name that came later.
1: How did, how did that happen?
0: That's a, I don't know. Beast Boy, was in, he was Changeling for a long time. I'm wondering, and this is just me grasping for straws, but I'm wondering if he was Changeling up until the Teen Titans show and they made it Beast Boy because that made more sense. Wow. That's just a thought, but you can see... I could definitely
1: see that just... They creating. make comments,
0: they call him in some more recent and by more recent i mean like going back to like 2000 uh comics where they're still calling him changeling i think beast boy was a name that was given to him with the show and it stuck to
1: him i'm not gonna lie most until like the last couple issues of this series they're going around talking about the changeling this is the changeling he's the changeling they're the changeling i'm just sitting myself sitting here with myself so frustrated who the hell is the changeling and where is this guy and then i see him being mentioned in the same panel and there he is and that's how i figured out and his name was changed uh the terminator
0: well deathstroke was always deathstroke the terminator that was always the back half of the name
1: how often do you hear that now? How often do you
0: not read too, that now? Not too often, au- because they don't want the comparison with the movies. That's what it is.
1: I mm-hmm. mean, hell,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if...
1: I mean, this... Who is that,
0: Fox? Whoever puts out Terminator, if they somehow trademark the name Terminator.
1: This came out in 89. Terminator was an 80s movie. They came out right next to each other.
0: Well, <coughs> excuse me, this comic did, but Deathstroke himself <laughs> has been around... So, Deathstroke's been around since 1980. He was introduced, uh, again, by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. uh, Debuted in the new Teen Titans number two as Deathstroke the Terminator. And the first Terminator movie came out in 84. Deathstroke uh, came first.
1: That's kind of awesome, though, don't you think? Um, And the looks aren't too far from each other. Just... I mean the mask at least now. Yeah, kind of maybe.
0: Maybe no, uh, that's far fetched. I I don't I don't personally see it.
2: You know who Deathstroke looks like? Who? Or I should say, you know who looks like Deathstroke? Deadpool. A little bit too much.
1: How about Clone Dick Grayson from from Batman Beyond Hush Beyond? Tune in, guys. Yeah,
0: there you go. Well, that that one's already aired, so. What the hell is that? Hopefully, have to you are anything. Dick
1: Grayson.
0: Yeah. Well, not the clone one. The, the regular well, guess, one. Like guess, the yeah, the eye patch.
1: Well, they both look. Yeah.
0: But oh, um, there's a there's a comic where Deathstroke meets. It's supposed to be like a variant of himself who is essentially Deadpool, and like the entire time he's like, "Oh, my name is." He's like, "Yeah, I don't care." Like he keeps trying to say Wade Wilson and Deadpool, and they just keep like bleeping it out. Like that's the running joke of the issue. Well, yeah.
1: Deathstroke was considered the original Deadpool, and he basically is Deadpool. I mean, not
0: not just considered. He was created fourteen years before. I think Deadpool came out in ninety four.
1: Mm, Deadpool came out. I feel like in the nine. It was later. It was late nineties. I think it was ninety
2: eight. I thought it was ninety six.
1: Nope, it was late nineties.
0: 96 was going to be my next guess. Let's see here. All right, so then Deadpool was created in 1990. Oh, shit. So 10 years after Death Show.
1: Damn, I'm going to edit all of that out <laughs> because that goes, like, all against me. How dare you? Yeah, right? <clears throat> I am, like, really?
0: If you edited of out every time you were wrong, there would be no podcast. <laughs> 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 you set me up. You set me up. He said um, you did have no nipples.
1: You set me up. How was I not going to just I have, spike I that in your face? fucking um-actuallys on this
0: on You've this had podcast. one.
1: I've had like three.
0: Like two. Fuck You've you, had what? maybe one, but I think Gabe's the only one who actually got me on the air. There, like, in one of our earlier the episodes. Flash it was the Ravager point. one. It, it was, was Flash one. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, Ravager. It was Ravager. I was so proud was of that. The other day, actually. <laughs> which, is, which is a good... Uh, Segue back to this because that's the name of Slade Star. Yeah. Uh and his son. His son, Grant Wilson, was Ravager First, and he took the initial contract to kill the Titans, uh, in exchange for getting the powers that ultimately killed him. Dies uh in front of both Deathstroke and the Titans, which is what prompts Deathstroke to be like, Alright, I'm gonna take this contract and fuck these kids up. And he just decides, like, alright, I'm just gonna kill this team because my... Like, he just blames the Titans for Grant's death. Despite the fact that you, you know, you find out knows his own powers, he did this all to himself. Um, probably because of his daddy issues and he wanted to, you know, reconnect with Slade.
1: And what what is the background on all that?
0: So, the Teen Titans are a group at the time... I don't know if it's the it might be at the start of the new teen titans because deathstroke gets introduced in the second issue uh of the new teen titans so it's 1980 and grant wilson who is his oldest son decides to become a mercenary okay i believe it's to like try to follow in his dad's footsteps or whatever uh he goes to hive uh which would you like to give us the acronym for hive because i can never keep that straight in my head
1: so the acronym for Hive is the Hierarchy for International Vengeance and Extermination.
0: And I it's funny, I had mentioned to Gabe before we started recording that DC has Hive and yet there's no real bee influence there. Um, and then Marvel has AIM and all their all the AIM guys look like beekeepers. Stupid. They could have just had like if the if the Hive guys were just like beekeepers, I would be all for it. Go ahead and rule the world. It makes sense.
1: Nope, they're cultists. They're
0: cultists. Um, and that what's also funny is we never actually see the leader of Hive. They keep mentioning, oh, the leader's coming, the leader's coming, the leader's coming. Oh, shit. <clears throat> the Titans are here. And, oh, well, the leader's gone. He's flown away. It
1: was Brother Blood.
0: It was Brother Blood in the movie. In the comic, they don't, they don't tell you. Not in Judas Contract. I think it is ultimately blood yeah it's the the leader of
1: hive is brother blood
0: he was in the comic yeah he was in the beginning of the comic but not as part of of hive he was not part of hive he was the religious leader of his own oh yeah hive was different hive was different and that's one of my issues with i completely missed my original point but we're gonna just keep moving uh that's one of my issues with the movie versus the comic is that the movie just ties it all in together because it's got that short amount of time to tell the story and Blood's behind all of it and so it sorry, so that he can like get all these like everybody's powers and you know do whatever and in this it was just oh yeah Hive wants them for whatever operation they're trying to do never actually tell you what they're, what the operation is
1: you know the only reason that you and I thought that Blood was a part of the whole Hive thing the Teen Titans show in the Teen Titans show, Blood is Running Hive.
0: I believe it. And I think later on, there is that connection in the comics. It's just at... See, and that's what I was referring to, At this point to, too. in time, in the comics, there's not that connection. See,
1: that goes back into the fact that I'm more... I'm more modern. I know a lot more of the modern stuff. I haven't... I've read little to none of anything before... Well, it's it's
0: interesting when you go and read stuff from back then, now, with the comics you're reading now, the shows you're watching now, the movies. You're, you have your own canon in your head. Right. And you're reading that out of order, and it's it becomes, well, why isn't this like what I already know? Well, what I mean, changed? How many
1: flashpoints have we had already? And I mean, by... Also on that note, going back and reading something, something like this, such a big story that so many of the stories we read now are just revolved around this and we see where it all comes from.
0: You don't get that too much now that I've seen. And maybe it's because we're, we're too close to it because it's happening now.
1: It's happening right now. It's but it's, easy. you don't
0: have that same weight of, of the world, like it's when i read a comic now a modern comic i read it i put it down i'm like all right that's an episode of the week that's it whereas when i read older comics established comics like the judas contract this is canon this is law basically this is the story it feels more like that is part of the greater tapestry whereas now it's like sometimes and i'm not trying to shit on modern comics but sometimes it feels like somebody is then putting a post-it note on the tapestry you know what i mean
1: well let's think about going into another I hope, one. i it. don't know what i meant by that but... I, I do understand go think about the the batman who laughs and how big he is becoming mm-hmm. he is still relatively new and i tell everybody that i have a conversation with in about 10-15 years i think he is going to be one of the bigger parts of dc and i think he the batman who laughs and there's going to be so much that wraps around the batman who laughs think of all the different variations of the batman who laughs right before we started this we were just talking about this and think about all the stories that are being told of him and everything that goes right back to snyder's batman who laughs and it's only getting bigger from there so we are getting those big stories we just have to wait for the same kind of effect that we get from something like Judas contract i'm very convinced we're going to get a batman who laughs movie I'm very convinced that we're going to get a game revolved around him in some way. We already have a board game and stuff like that.
0: I think there's like a mobile game or an online game that's focused. He's on He's
1: in right DC now. Universe Online that I'm probably going to be downloading tonight, and
0: that's a big download file.
1: Is it really? That game's been
0: around for like twelve years. It's a big game. It's a big game. It's free, which is great. It's a big game. Big game. He's a big boy, um, but I know. Gabe, when we were talking earlier, you had said that you had some issues with Tara. Do you want to go into that? Okay.
2: If there's one thing I love more than anything about comics, it's build up, mm-hmm. and I feel like the build up to her becoming a villain
0: sucked. Well, here's I, my here's my here's my argument to that. Go ahead, because I'll go on a whole tangent.
1: There is so much more in this series that we we mentioned it earlier. There are 20 issues before Judas contract that have Terra. There um, is That's the
0: that's the yeah this Judas contract is not the full story of Terra's kind of rise and fall. It's just the fall It's just of
1: what Tara. we read for this.
0: Got it.
2: Cuz that so, was my biggest complaint was I felt like I didn't have enough time to get attached to the character. Well and
0: that's the problem when you read a comic that's, you know, starting at issue 43 yeah so Tara and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast but Tara was introduced in like issue 26 or something so there was and they say in the in the comic like you know you've been in deep cover for a year so there is like that year where it kind of builds up they that's, trusted her right and that's what I was saying before about um, the show giving me like that trust issue because I came to like the character that was the build up that you're missing there Yeah. Was I tuned in every week to Teen Titans and saw her and I was like, oh yeah, this is so great, you know, whatever. And then her ultimate turn, I was like, what? Like, yeah, so that was the, that was the,
2: I remember it from the show and I remember how I felt as a kid. I was like, what the fuck? Right. But yeah, I just felt like I, reading just this series, I didn't get the full feels for it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's
0: that's fair. There's
1: was that your only real complaint about it? I know you weren't the biggest fan of the artwork. I know, but okay. So here's my thing. When but I, when I'm I... sorry
0: that that's the first i I'm here. I heard you say you didn't like the artwork. That was the first I was hearing about. It was very hard. Gabe's thoughts on the artwork. I'm I'm curious.
2: So I want to say between like when I started reading comics to like 2018 ish, mm-hmm. I read old stuff. Oh, I didn't really care for the newer shit as what much. Why don't you and
0: I have bonded over, um, uh, like, Sleepwalker and... Darkhawk. Darkhawk. That's the, that's the big one. Um, but,
2: um, yeah, but the last couple years, I've mostly read modern stuff because I've been catching up. And that's kind of taken me away from that style. So now I look back and, like, I can read something like Secret Wars, but this is just...
1: He was calling me like a couple times while reading this, saying how, not hard, but, fresh, not fr- not even frustrated. I just bothered. had a hard.
0: I had a hard time getting into it. Yeah. Now I wonder because you guys read it on on the DC Universe yes. app. Right? I think that's a part of so it. So I wonder if the older comics, if it's better to read them, like physically. Because
2: I used to read older stuff. I used to buy the volumes. Like we I talked. Think that, I think that's that that might have been
0: what part of the issue.
2: Was. Because it's just
0: no pun intended.
1: See, I'm but I, at, fir- at first it was hard for me, mm-hmm. like maybe the first few pages, but the story and how everything was playing out, that sucked me right in, and I wasn't even paying attention to everything Wolfman else. I was writes in writes
0: a damn good story. That Yeah, was yeah so by,
2: by issue three, I was having no issues reading it. I, I, fuck man, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I understood what you were saying
2: um but yeah by the third book i i had no issues and i was just enjoying it
0: it's such a good read and like trying to figure out like when tara was gonna get found out like right. how how she so, was gonna drop. so there
2: was the build-up to that and there were times where i was like is she gonna turn on deathstroke like
1: well i mean think about that whole fight scene that happened Right the, the during beginning. the training, yeah, well, yeah. Oh yeah, when she, she lost was her shit. shit. Going, no, not where she lost her shit. Where she was training with stroke
0: Yeah, she lost her shit. Yeah.
1: She didn't lose her shit. yeah she tried but, to kill him. No, I don't think she tried to kill uh, him. She didn't. It was less so than. No, he. Told yeah, her no, not she lost her bad. shit
0: more during the other training. During, during
1: the t- During yeah. the Titans' training, but she was all casual, and he no, but there was that paranoia going through Slade's mind because Slade's starting to lose it. And I think that's how they started to tell you that Slade's not in the same shape and condition that he used to be because this contract is affecting him because of how long it is, and you have that training exercise where Tara's just thrown everything she's got. Well, he
2: he also wasn't expecting
0: it. He was thrown completely off guard. Yeah, and she she also at that point had grown so much in power. I mean, And she... he even
1: mentioned that. And even yeah. she mentioned the fact of how powerful she's gotten and how dangerous she is, especially because of her temper and how he can't control her and she is so unpredictable. But... Yeah, I also think it's awesome how much they go into the fact of how much this contract is affecting Slate because of how
0: invested he is how
1: how invested he is how long the contract's been he's never been in a contract for this long
0: when adeline even says it uh his ex-wife she's like you know we wouldn't normally be able to get this close to him we wouldn't normally be able to like watch him pursue dick like the way we're watching in public like dick wouldn't be able to get away from him like he does and actually on that point i i want to talk about the fight between deathstroke and and dick grayson in the apartment it's an incredible scene to to read as it plays out it's an incredible scene to watch in the movie and i just love dick grayson dude like i just love watching how he fights and how he moves and how he like thinks throughout because even when he's fighting deathstroke he's like yeah i can't win this but if deathstroke can knock me towards this window i can jump out the window and destroy my 300 hundred dollar jacket Which also, boy, why are you wearing a $300 leather jacket?
1: The acrobat fight style, like with Nightwing or Spider-Man, I think plays out so nicely, visibly, through panels and comics. And if artists, if they're able to do it right, it's really well done. And it is really nice to
0: read. There's a good... Nightwing series from the early 2000s uh I think it's written by Chuck Dixon if I'm not mistaken and he plays heavily on like Nightwing's downtime is him practicing his acrobatics and like there's a couple of issues and panels where you see him back in a circus tent like on the high wire or on the on the trapeze and like going through the motions, and it's one of the greatest things. Well, like, I think, seeing him being a flying Grayson is one of the greatest things.
1: Well, I think that...
0: Flying dick.
1: I think that has... That has a big part from how he was raised Oh yeah, by Bruce Wayne. To always be prepared to consistently train. And...
0: I don't think it's... I think there's an extra part to that. <clears throat> where it's also him being close to his family hey, and yes. his heritage.
1: And he... I'm pretty sure he made a comment about that in this series, didn't he? About how it's basically his way of communicating with them. hmm Yep. And I think that that was awesome to get that insight with Dick Grayson and that background and seeing it continue and play out through these comics and all throughout the history of comics and keeping that is awesome and i love it this. well this is one of your top series it's one it? of my,
0: and what's interesting is i've read some of the issues that come after this well, um, that's
1: what you were saying to follow jericho
0: well no but even like so i have some of the issues after this not even so much to follow jericho but just, like jericho's in them you find out that he's, like, a, a painter and, like, he's a poet and stuff, which is just really interesting to see. He
1: has a re- very artistic background. hmm And they they went into that with the comics and how he loved music and singing and then Slade Wilson just let him get his throat slit. And they to for him to keep that after everything.
0: Well, they talk about, like, he, he seems like a very sensitive, like almost uh, a non-violent kind of a guy like the opposite of deathstroke essentially and um, what i was gonna say is one of the things that i thought was interesting was you see a, a glimpse into cyborg's background a little bit where he's talking about like his grandparents mm-hmm. and how they're coming to visit and everything so but wasn't I... that
1: a ploy from
0: no no? No. That letter was legitimate because a few issues after this, his grandparents actually do come to Okay, to I thought instead. that
1: was a whole ploy from Deathstroke. No,
0: that was just him. He got the letter. Um, and then it was literally just him, like, sitting in the chair that then triggered his uh, getting captured by Deathstroke later on. Okay. Um, but well, even seeing, like, the, the... It was nice seeing some of the cyborg stuff when he's talking about there's the the ice skating panels okay where he's go, he's helping out kids and yeah the, the, the love interest is like sarah or something i think
1: i forgot her name
0: but where it's like these kids who you know have prosthetics and stuff and so like he hangs out with them and like and mentors them and everything else uh and it, it was nice to see that at like one of the things that I liked about Teen Titans as a whole is that you see some of that home aspect for each of the characters.
1: The personality and people aspect of them.
0: Yeah. Um, like, Wonder Girl, you see her... You know, they have her husband pop up, I think. Because uh, they're talking about her, her fiancé, because they're talking about them getting married. Yep. Um, You know, for Beast Boy or Changeling, you see... Uh, like the Dayton home where he was living at the time.
1: This series really went into the personal life of Mm -hmm. these characters. And I like that. I like that a lot. They did that a lot in the movie, too, with Jaime and the soup kitchen. Or...
0: Well, so actually, so going back, so we we were... We initially... Now I remember what my point was 20 minutes ago. Uh, We were initially talking about which lineups we liked better, between the movies and the show. Mm -hmm. So what, did you have a preference between just the lineups for the characters?
1: The lineups for the characters?
0: Yes. Well, I think you had said, we were saying for all media, I think
1: you said the Titans lineup was your favorite. I really like the Titans lineup because of the background. Now, going into the difference between media and the comic book, I... I really like the the one difference uh, that the movie did better, where it really went into Tara's PTSD, mm-hmm. and the background with the wit- with her being accused of being a witch, and all of the trauma that she's went through. And she mentions it in the issues that we read, but they don't really show what happened and all of this stuff. It's kind of just hearsay. But the movie the movie gives you visual understanding of everything that happened I
0: to still her. need to cuz we were we were talking about this before I need to go back and read cuz I don't remember reading that that actually happened in the comics I remember reading that and I I could be wrong if I am then I am but I remember her talking about you know the terrorists that you know the titans had saved her from and her and being that, like that was yeah a no thing- those were slades those were slades men Oh, that's how this. That's how this is all a ploy because Slade's man had me, um, like this. But I. I don't remember enough of Terra's background as to how she left uh, Markovia when she left the kingdom because she's technically a half princess or whatever. Uh, but I'll get to that point in a minute. Um, do you want to keep talking about what you liked about the the team or oh, what your um... your preferred team?
1: Yeah, I love I I guess it might just be because I didn't have the same kind of build up like we were yeah. saying with Gabe not really understanding everything with Terra. I don't have that same appreciation for this character lineup. I watched all of the Titans. I watched them all of the Warner Brothers movies. I watched the Teen Titans show and what they did. But I feel like the ones that hit me the most emotionally are the ones that I'm going to appreciate more, and mm-hmm. I feel like the Titan show just did that a lot more.
0: No, that's fair. Gabe, did you have a, a preference uh, for team lineup? Between movie and comic?
2: Oh, definitely comic. You like the comic more? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed Damian Wayne being a part of the story in the movie. Um... I thought the twists they made in the story with him were nice and all, but I just enjoyed the comic a lot more now that I've read it.
0: I think for me, it, it's definitely the comic. I prefer the comic lineup. The movie lineup. It's got your guy in it.
1: It's got, well, it, kind of, sort of. Well,
0: it's got, it's got Blue Beetle in it, and I love Jaime. But it didn't feel as personal as the comic does. Yes. Like the comic it's slate against the titans. Like it's for the contract, but it's like it, it's you killed my son. It's like all of this. The movie it's this is just the contract. You know what I mean? And I also I'm going to differ with Gabe here. I don't know how much I like Dam. like I like Damien, but I don't know how much I like him being in the movie for this story. Line. I don't. No. He to me he felt almost redundant. Yeah. Because I feel like
2: I feel like I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like I enjoy Damian Wayne more than most.
0: Mine and Emily's nickname for him is Little Shit? Yeah, definitely more than you.
1: <laughs> now, with that whole spiel you just did, you didn't bring up the show once. The The lineup for
0: the show is very similar to the lineup in the comic. Right. The only difference, really, is just Wonder Girl. Look at the team lineups.
1: You mean, you mean
0: Hawk and Dove. Oh, no, you're talking about... I'm talking about Teen Titans. The Titans show. I'm
1: talking about the Titans show. The Titans
0: show. I... My thing with their version of the Judas contract was... It... They... I don't want to spoil too much, because I know Gabe wants to watch the show. But... Spoilers, you might want to cover your ears. They plant Jason as the mole. Like, it's this idea that it's a planted mole... Who then ends up being Ravager. You know what I mean? So, it
1: was... You see you see, Jason? Jason wasn't the mole.
0: No, I know he wasn't, but he, they were led to believe that he was.
1: He, he was dropping... He was
0: leaving, you know, the alcohol for Hawk. He was leaving the soda that Wonder Girl and Aqualad... Bonded well, over. I think
1: that was just a ploy with Deathstroke. That, but that's what it was. was that, was that every, it? It, not, was, not it made, mole, but get everybody to
0: hate him. It made you as the audience think Jason was going to end up being the mole. You know what I mean? Like, it made it seem like Jason was going to be the mole. Like, it was a fake-out, which I appreciated it in the movie, or in the show. But I think overall, the lineup, it's... Th- for the Titan show itself, it sometimes feels like there's too many characters. Like, right. they don't always well, know they, what to they, do. they
1: kind of merge two different teams. Yeah,
0: and it, it doesn't always feel like they knew what to do with the characters they had.
1: Okay. Like, there wasn't
0: enough screen time for everybody, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't enough for everybody to do.
1: What did you think of Jericho in it, then? Because I know he's kind of one of your love I
0: loved Jer- uh, Jericho. Chella Man, I think is the name of the, uh, the actor, uh, who's actually deaf and loved it. Loved the entire Jericho Arc in, in the series.
1: What about Ravager? Loved her too. Okay. Like
0: I'm blanking on the actress's name, but she looks exactly the part. Right. She was A+ plus casting. But for me, like the actual team lineups, there's something about just the classic Teen Titans lineup in my head because that's not even the classic Teen Titans. You know what I mean? The so classic no Teen, Teen Titans. Titans.
2: Huh? It's the new Teen Titans. It's the new Teen
0: Titans. The classic Titans are, you know, Robin, Speedy, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, and Aqualad. But this version of the Titans is what I also know from the TV show. Because it's it's the same lineup except for Wonder Girl because Warner Brothers had an embargo and they couldn't do anything, Cartoon Network couldn't do anything Wonder Woman related. Right. That's why she didn't show, actually... <clears throat> Excuse me. DC as a whole couldn't do anything animated with Wonder Woman for a time. For whatever reason. For whatever reason there is this embargo. If you go back and watch the 2004 uh, The Batman show which we were watching uh, Gabe's a, a few months ago. Uh, we had it on in the background while we were playing whatever game we were playing on our phones. Okay. Um, the last season of that series introduces the Justice League. For one, there's not one female member of the Justice League. Just ridiculous. Right. But for two, you would think that Wonder Woman would show up and because of this embargo, she could. Okay,
1: that makes sense. I mean, you knew,
0: you saw her in like the Justice League TV show, but then after that you didn't, you didn't see her again until, what, Justice League action and Young Justice? Yeah. That's a pretty big... That's a big gap. That's a pretty big gap. But, yeah, so I appreciated the lineup for this better. Uh, Better than the movie. Better than the show. The animated show, again, it's just very similar. Uh, I almost prefer the lineup to the animated show just because for Judas contract specifically, it's, again, I think it was one too many characters and I don't think they gave Wonder Girl enough to do. Uh, Because Donna doesn't really... Do much, which is very upsetting.
1: Yeah, that definitely um, took a lot away from this.
0: Starfire did plenty. I I felt, you know, she did a lot. Terra obviously you saw did a her lot. Explode. Well, even even Raven doesn't do too much. No, now that I'm thinking about it, this this we felt more. We did not
1: talk about Raven at
0: all. Why? Because it's because this is as much of as this is a Teen Titan story. It's a Dick Grayson story. That's what it is.
1: Well well it's his or it's It's his, his it's his
0: evolution story. into Nightwing. And that didn't fully just click in my head now. That this is it's a Dick Grayson story where the Titans are background characters. Yeah. That's what this was. Which it's I'm not complaining tail. about, but
2: <laughs> Dick Judas contract.
0: <laughs> that's what that's pretty much what it is. Um and like I'm not complaining about that. I love I love Dick Grayson, but Wow, yeah, that just clicked in my brain that this was a a Dick Grayson story more so than a Teen Titans story.
1: It focused it which on is him just, more than any of them aside from Terry. The and last Death what Street. the
0: last two issues the team was barely part of it anyway because they were captured They're by Deathstroke. Yep,
1: and it was Dick Grayson figuring it all out.
0: Yeah. Although I do I really appreciated seeing him use the detective mind that he got from Bruce Wayne.
1: I love that they brought that into the movie.
0: Yeah. When he was able to just piece everything together. I, I love shit like that. I love seeing characters actually using their brain. and put, like g- Give me that like Sherlock Holmes-esque kind process, of thing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: They did that really well in the Sherlock Holmes movie, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I always go back... I mean, Bruce Wayne himself is influenced by Sherlock Holmes. But oh, yeah. I just love watching characters actually figure things out. Instead of just being like, oh, it's obviously this. It's like, no, like this happens. Why so is how it could that? this yep. right And
1: they go through all of the points. And that's that's very creative and thought out writing. Yeah. And it's awesome. Again,
0: Mar- Marv Wolfman is
1: an amazing writer.
0: Amazing writer. And is really i i don't think his name is as big as it should be you know what i mean like he he's his name is on a lot of stuff but i feel like if you if you mention like hickman or bendis or even kate's
1: well they're currently writing stuff
0: they're well they're, well marv is too i mean i mentioned earlier he's doing the tomb of dracula but i don't know if that's just a one shot or what
1: um well, I guess he's not really writing it as much. Yeah, I mean, how much big stuff is he it's doing just, it's Like Bendis, Hickman.
0: Well, I don't think Bendis is doing anything right now. No. Maybe some indie stuff. He has He's been missing from mainstream comics for a couple of years now. He just did. um He was on oh. Superman, and then once he left Superman, he did Legion of Superheroes. He
2: just did some type of Western comic.
0: Did he? From the yeah, way
1: he, he, he's part of a Western series. I've heard about it. I think it was you that was talking most about it.
0: That Bendis was talking?
1: Yeah. Anyway. Uh...
0: Know, either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, Marv Wolfman. I, I feel like if you go back and look at 80s <laughs> comics, and you put just a bunch on the wall and you throw a dart, you're going to land on one with his name on it. Because because he, he was so he was in then. so many he was, he had his hand in a lot of different cookie jars. and he is just so well when fantastic. you're that
1: talented I'm sure
0: oh yeah so I'll, I'm hoping he's not completely out of the game I need to pick up that issue of Tuma of Dracula I actually I have I gotta go back and see if if this is what he wrote I have uh, an ultimate collection of Tuma of Dracula comics that I haven't read yet.
1: Okay. Which are from
0: the eighties, so when I go home, I'll check to see if it's from uh, if Marv Wolfman wrote that. Had a part in it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of what else from this series to really get into. Um, how did you guys feel about seeing the the background of Deathstroke and like his relationship with Wintergreen?
1: I. I feel like every big, big character like Deathstroke, Slade Wilson, needs needs a number two. He needs somebody, not necessarily in his back pocket, but somebody that he knows he can trust.
0: Let me rephrase my question. Did it feel like the background went a bit too long into Slade's history?
1: I feel like if you didn't, get that whole background you wouldn't have gotten the same appreciation because they were war buddies i and, really enjoyed it and you didn't know and you could just say that and i know that there's a respect there between right. war buddies but they really went into the trust that they had in each other and how much it took to gain that and That's how much right. they went through, and I loved everything that they
0: did. I that. don't know why in my head I thought you two were gonna be like, yeah, that that went too. Because I enjoyed it myself, but I for some reason in my head I was like, I'm gonna say this, and you guys are gonna be like, oh yeah, it was. It it went too long. No, like that they should have. So I I done. appreciate it's that Death you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating to me that we get a Deathstroke origin in the pages of Teen Titans. When like he was introduced in Teen Titans, and then. I guess after this then he got his own series because he he headlined his own series for a bit Um, I don't think they have him headlining anything now but I also think he died at the end of Dark Crisis yeah I get do you guys want to get into your your ratings Ratings? or anything else Um, you want to talk about
1: I'll give my rating uh, I give it an 8.5 I thought I thought it was an amazing series I loved the storyline the plot I loved the storyline and plot a lot more than the movie we watched um, I love the story and plot a little more in the Titan show. But again, I had a lot more background in that than I did with this. And I feel the fact that I didn't read the story in a whole took a bit away from it. Um, again, not much gone into Terra in this story, but it really went into Deathstroke and Dick Grayson.
0: Uh, I just remember that you had wanted to talk about Terra's uh, funeral. And we hadn't gotten to that point.
1: Oh, um, cut out all that. Uh, I also want to go into the fact that I thought it was really cool that Batman and Jason Todd and Black Lightning, they were at...
0: So there's a a reason for that. Why? So her brother is Geoforce. Right. Geoforce is part of the Outsiders. That's the Outsiders team that's there. So they're showing their respect. So you see, have. I
1: haven't read much Outsiders.
0: Right. Well, in that era, I mean, during that era, you have, and it, it's an interesting lineup to see on the page, especially. I know if you Alfred's don't know. a part of it. Right. Alfred is part of it later on, um, but it's well, and then at one point he's just the outsider,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is like an alternate version of Alfred.
1: I think that's kind of what I'm. That's. I, that's I think that's what, what you're thinking, thinking of. of yeah. That's the because Earth. That's the, that's the Earth of Three. With,
0: yeah, that's the Earth-3 counterpart, um, who you see a lot in Forever Evil, uh, also by Jeff Johns. Great read if you haven't read it. Okay. Uh, probably one of the highlights of the New 52, actually.
1: Ooh.
0: Um, but the lineup for the Outsiders, so it's Batman, uh, I don't think Jason's actually part of the Outsiders, but I guess he was too young for Bruce to just leave at the Batcave, and he was like, alright, kid, you're going to a funeral. Uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> Jason Todd, um, you have Black Lightning. I think you have Halo. I don't know if Katana was part of the group yet, and Metamorpho, uh, who you can see kind of in the mm. background, and then of course Geo Force, who's Metamorpho was there. Yeah, he's he's got like the weird face thing. Going I didn't on. see him. Yeah, yeah, he's like right. He's all the way in the back of the of the group okay. shot. Um, but it's. I would have almost thought that Just GeoForce would have shown up. Um, but it was nice to see that his teammates on the outsiders wanted to be there as well. You know.
1: To pay their respects, right?
0: Exactly. And GeoForce even talking about like he talks about his history with his uh, with his sister and everything with the
1: you know, their yeah. brother because Terra yeah,
0: is. Everybody else that was there. Oh, uh. Um, but he talks about like Terra is his half sister and then he has his brother whose name I'm forgetting who's like the king of or prince or king of they mentioned at some point um, but then it was like you know he wasn't all that cool but like his powers and Terra's powers are essentially the same they have the power over the earth and in the later Teen Titans series Geoforce actually tracks down De- he fights Deathstroke for whatever reason and beats the shit out of him for Destro corrupting Terra. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so, with all of that, is there anything else that we wanted to get into? Anything else we wanted to talk about?
1: I think I'm good. Do we want to go write more ratings? Absolutely. Alright, so, I'll start off. I give this series an 8.5. I feel the story and plot was amazingly done. Um... I appreciate the story and plot a little more in the Titan show. Again, I have a little more background in that than I do with this series as a whole. Um, I loved the part with Tara. I loved the team in this. I loved everything about it. The But there, I do have disagreements with it. I wish we had... I, lo- I do love that we got the personal lives. I feel they went too personal in this series. Yes, it was a Dick Grayson origin story. Love that. Give me But but it's also the title of the series is New Teen Titans. So give me some Teen Titans action. And I feel like I would have liked that a lot more. But overall it was a great series and thank you so much for getting us to read this.
2: So I'm giving it an 8 and ironically I enjoyed it. for the reason that you didn't I enjoyed how personal it got because like Anthony and I were talking about earlier you you get that insight you get that background Deathstroke is going after these guys it is personal it is I'm trying to find the words
1: it's a vendetta
2: exactly and he's fucking with their day to day lives you're getting a whole different perspective of these characters that you haven't seen before which I really enjoyed
1: Okay.
0: well and for me I think I'm gonna have to give it a none personally
1: I would have been shocked if it was anything less.
0: well and I just I love I love this series and I think part of the reason why I'm giving it I, I would have always given it a high a high rating uh but i think now because it it, since it's the second time that i read it it gave me kind of almost a nostalgic feel Mm -hmm. even though the first time i read the full thing was only like maybe a year ago but like the the 80s feel of everything the different like you you can feel the different time that this is happening you know what i mean right like this obviously isn't happening in the 2000s it's obviously happening in the 80s and there was just something about the way they're
1: talking well
0: exactly and it's funny because at one point adeline says something about you know oh well things are different than they were in the 70s like when slade was in korea or whatever and i i was just like it's so funny because i'm thinking the same thing like things are different in the 80s than they are you know in the 2020s right Um, But I just, I love, I mean, I've said it throughout this entire episode. I love Marvel Wolfman's work. Um, I love the the story of Dick Grayson, him becoming his own character outside of the back half of Batman
1: and. I had completely forgotten that this was Nightwing's origin story Mm -hmm. until I had picked it up and I read it. And at that very moment, I realized, oh, so this is why Anthony pushed for us to read this.
0: And what's funny was when I first was kind of, like, hunting for this story, I was like, oh, it's the Nightwing origin. I didn't realize it was the Terra Betrayal story. Right. I didn't realize this all was happening at the same time. I had
1: no idea.
0: And so when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, oh, Terra's a bitch. Oh, Terra's a bitch! Like, I was (laughs) like, oh, my God. Like, this is Terra just... It, it still kind of caught me off guard even though I after reading it the first time I knew what was happening I was still like holy shit like she's turning on the whole team mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I have I have my issues looking back at the series from the 80s now in 2023 I have issues with certain characterizations we haven't talked about it but my biggest issue is the relationship between Slade Wilson and Tara uh, we're not gonna get into all of that uh but it, it does deserve to be remarked upon that like it feels like a sign of the times like i could see that story being put out in the 80s and people not batting an eye really uh, now you look at that and it's like no dude. no and that's like one of my th- like marv wolfman i love you but the way that you handled slade wilson as a character the way that the movie handles Slade Wilson as a character gave me the ick. It gave me the ick. I love Slade Wilson. I love Deathstroke. I I read anything I can get my hands on with Deathstroke. I I'm a big fan of the costume. I love the character, and just the this story makes me be like, all right, yeah, no, like Slade, you're you're going away for a, a while, dude. A, like, a long, just...
1: long time.
0: But seriously loved the lineup love the story love the dialogue love the art it's it's an easy nine for me uh and i'll i'll give you guys as we're wrapping up here i'll give you uh, a quick fun fact um, a little tidbit. a little tidbit we haven't had a tidbit in so long uh a little tidbit for you um Do you know why?
2: (laughs) You got so excited. I did, because I stopped
0: using that word. (laughs) (laughs) Tidbit. I stopped using it to to give our listeners another fun little tidbit. Uh, When I was on uh, another podcast, Heartburn the Podcast, uh, way back when we were first starting The Watchers, and I was saying, I had said something about tidbit, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to say it enough times, it's just not going to be a word anymore. Um, But I was like... I was talking to, to Danny DeVeggia, the host over there. Love the man. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, here's a tidbit. I was like, oh, I've noticed, you know, I say that word so often on my own podcast. And then I must have just tricked myself not to say it anymore. And just the callback to the tidbits. I, I love it.
1: Oh, fuck me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're back. That's that's going to be the new... I, I want I want anybody who gets... Hey. Anybody who DMs us after after listening to this episode... If you can just give me the hard number of the amount of times I just said tidbit, I will be eternally grateful.
1: Let me edit this. I'll tell you after. Yeah, please do. Please do.
0: Please. I'm dying to know. Uh, But yeah, no. So the the tidbit. Uh, Do you know why Deathstroke's called Slade in Teen Titans in the show?
1: Is it a rights thing?
0: Not really. So, because, I mean, this was 2003 Teen Titans, the 2003 Teen Titans series on Cartoon Network, they just didn't want to use the word death. That That's what it was.
1: Okay. See, I can see that.
0: So, instead of that, then they just called him Slade. And so then, growing up, I always just knew him as Slade. Right. So, now I'm reading the comics, and it's Deathstroke, I'm like, who the fuck is Deathstroke? That is Slade. That is Slade right there. That is his superhero name. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Excuse me, that is Slade. Uh but that's <laughs> but yeah so I wanted to, to throw that in there but I guess with that uh, we say goodbye to Teen Titans Judas
1: Contract alright thank you guys so much for listening tune in again in two weeks for our next episode
0: thanks for listening guys bye guys